Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 400K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about the towering form 5500 Inferno. Um, certainly uh, an interesting topic that uh, I love, the form 5500, which could be, not done correctly, weapons of mass destruction for any uh, retirement plan out there. But of course, first things first, go to that 4 for further information on everything that we're doing, doing the plan sponsor event in October. We are going to be doing the uh, virtual uh, 401k conference in January in 2024. Hopefully do some live events again, Yankee Stadium, hopefully, and maybe something in Texas. We'll see how we uh, progress there. But uh, back to um, at hand, uh, big fan of disaster movies. I, I previously wrote an article that... Uh, talked about disaster movies, um, and obviously one of my favorites after the Poseidon Adventure is The Towering Inferno. Now, I don't like it as much post-9-11 as I enjoyed it pre-9-11, but it's a fantastic movie. It's got a great cast. Um, obviously, Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, which, uh, you know, they had to get <coughs> pretty much the same billing and the same amount of lines. I think both wanted to be the fire chief, but Steve McQueen was the fire chief, and Paul Newman was the architect, and Faye Dunaway was in it. William Holden, who I really loved, uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, uh, and uh, he was in that re uh, network, and he was in that really bad movie when time ran out. Faye Dunaway, of course, was also in network, where she won an Academy Award for Best Actress, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, quite a few good movies uh, on their hell belt. Uh, Robert Wagner was in there, Susan Flannery, who I loved, and The Bold and the Beautiful was in that movie. Mike Lookenlund, who played Bobby on Brady Bunch, had a big part. Fred Astaire got nominated for an Oscar. Um, and O.J. Simpson was in there, still uh, with the Bills at the time, and he did the movie as a security guard. But, uh, you know, when speaking of disasters, the Form 5500 obviously can be something that could fall under a disaster. Uh, if not done correctly, and, and obviously for those in the audience who know, obviously a 45500 is a tax returned, uh, which is used to satisfy the annual reporting requirements under ERISA. Uh, you know, it's one of the few tax forms that's both under review of the Department of Labor and the Internal Revenue Service, and, uh, you know, obviously talks about the details of the plan, and... Um, you know, the whole purpose of the form is to show to the government that you have a plan and that the uh, information shows that the assets are being kept for the retire potential retirees. And obviously, once you hire an employee, you have to file 5500 If you have a solo 401k where it's covering you or just covering you and a spouse, uh, you still need to file one after you hit $250,000 in assets. Back in the old days, it used to be hundred grand. And it's got to be done uh, seven months after the end of the month. The plan year ends with an option to extend it by another two and a half months. So 731 is the deadline for the calendar year plan. Um, October 15th is on extension. Keep in mind that if a plan terminates and all the assets are distributed by a certain date, you will have a short plan year. So theoretically, it would still have to be uh, seven months after the end of that short plan year. Uh, of course, the 5500 audit, um, you know, if a plan has more than 100 participants or 120 with that whole 8120 rule, um, you know, a plan audit is required. 
Uh, obviously, we're changing it for 2023. It's those who have a, a, a balance in the plan rather than just counting heads, which uh, I think is a good deal. Uh, it's obviously going to cut back on the amount of audits that are going to be done, but um, I think it's important that um, a plan sponsor hires a good auditor. Uh, there are a lot of schlocky auditors out there. Uh, I did expose a firm about 15 years ago that was really just an offshoot of a TPA, and they were basically auditing themselves. Uh, that CPA um, agreed, should have gone to jail in my opinion, but agreed to take a lifetime ban uh, from ever performing uh, audits for a 5500. And I know, um, obviously over the last few years, uh, last 10 to 15 years, the Department of Labor is really cracking down on audits. I know an auditor does a very, very good job, and the Department of Labor says, you know what, based on the amount of audits that you do, um, we don't want you to do any more audits. Uh, it was a one-person shop, somebody I always recommended, did a decent job, but, uh, you know, he, he was on the radar in the Department of Labor, so can't, you know, couldn't give him any more business. Um, and obviously, um, the issue for a plan is uh, if you don't have an audit, uh, the IRS and the Department of Labor treat as if you never filed. So right now I have a client got an $85,000 penalty because they filed the 5500 without being notified by anybody that needed to audit. So it's it's not a it's not a filed form 5500, and uh, obviously there's no statute of limitations on any uh, non-filed form. So you don't file a 1040. Uh, 20 years ago, the IRS still couldn't go after you, and the same deals with a 5500. And you know it's a it's a big deal. And speaking about missing filings, late filings, it's really um, the costliest error out there. Um, Department of Labor uh, is not playing any more games. Uh, I believe the penalty right now is $2,529 a day charged by the Department of Labor. I think the IRS charges $250 a day. IRS says the maximum will charge is $150,000. Um, Department of Labor has no maximum. Uh, they're not playing around. Um, and the reason they're not playing around is because they're very, very forgiving under the Delinquent Filer Voluntary Compliance Program. So if a plan is uh, late or you know missing 5500s, uh, you mark the return as being DFVCP, and around the same time you're going to file it, you're going to make an application through the DFVCP, pay a penalty, I think the maximum penalty, for a large plan is about four grand, so you lose. You can miss twenty returns, but you're only going to pay four grand, and that's a lot easier than you know the Department of Labor's uh, penalty for uh, lateness because there is no maximum. Uh, I've seen mistakes with the DFEC program where again somebody files it, marks it as DFECP, and then go through the whole process of uh, submitting payment to the Department of Labor uh, and the program. So I always recommend going through the DFECP first, and then immediately after filing uh, electronically the 5500. And, uh, you know, I'd rather pay four grand than pay $86,000. Um, I've, I've helped a lot of plans out of their penalty situation. Uh, you know, you blame, the part, you blame the TPA for the work they did and whatever it is, but... Um, 
it's really, really hard when the you know client never filed the return and it's still outstanding. Uh, I think it's important to realize that you know Form 5500 is serious. It's a serious business, and we know that the government does read them. Um, I, I love the fact that we now have mandatory electronic filing. Why do I like it? Uh, because there's no issue of missing returns, you know, receipts, and dealing with the mail. But more importantly, you know, the information is there instantaneous. I can pull the information from any form I want. Uh, it's pretty uh, expanded. I mean, the old days, we'd have to go to... I forgot the name of the site. Was it a Rissle link or something like that? And get like a two-year-old return. And my folks, my friends at Brightscope would have to, you know, back in the day when they were like the, one of the first user-friendly websites and costs, you know, one of the biggest complaints about them was they were using old data from, you know, there was no eFast. They just got the data from, you know, the return two years ago. And now with electronic filing, it's just kind of like, I wouldn't say instantaneous, but pretty close to it. So, you know, the, the problem is, is the IRS uh, does read the Form 5500. You know, obviously some errors they will pick up, and if they will pick up the error, uh, it will likely lead to an audit. So you got late deferrals. Uh, that's uh, going to get you a letter from the DOL talking about their, uh, you know, voluntary fiduciary compliance program. It may get you an audit. You don't have the right bonds. Uh, that might get you audited. You admit you had a prohibited transaction. That's certainly going to get you audited. And, uh, you know, these are the mistakes. And and, 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 and specifically, uh, one mistake, I got an audit one time on a client because the amounts that they described for employer contributions was inconsistent with what they put on their uh, corporate returns. So the IRS did read... Um, the 5500 and did uh, check it up against uh, the 1120 of the plan sponsor. So these are, you know, situations that have happened. They do read it. If there are issues that are seen on an audit, um, they will read the audit. And I've seen it where some issues pop up in the audit uh, and the IRS and the Department of Labor, you know, pick up on it. So the fact remains is that it's important um, that there are no glaring problems because those glaring problems show up on a Form 5500. It's it's like CSI, you know. It, it's it, it's not even CSI because it's there. It's in full view. You got late deferrals. You got no bond. You could commit a private transaction. These are things that are gonna get you, um, you know, straight line to an audit. Last but not least, um, I think it's important to. Um, read a Form 5500 before filing it. It's filed under the penalties of perjury. Um, one of my tricks was, years ago, it wasn't a trick, but there was a certain TPA, um, and back in those days there was a Schedule P, I believe it was, which would list the trustees of the plan, and the trustees of the plan for the CPA were also the principals of the TPA. Um, you know, filed under the penalties of perjury. That was sent off to the Department of Labor. And again, that CPA firm that I talked about banned for life from ever doing a plan audit. So it's important that, you, you know, anything filed under the penalties of perjury 
you got to look at it, uh, make sure you're, you know, if you're, if you're submitting it that, uh, you know, you don't know anything uh, that would be problematic. You can't lie in the return, you know. So, again, when people say, oh, well, yeah, I didn't have a late deferral. No, no, no good TPA is going to lie for you. You're not worth it. Um, especially, you know, get audited and whatnot. They don't need that kind of heat. They're not going to save you. Uh, same thing if you have a prohibited transaction or uh, yeah, in, incorrect bonding requirements. That's not gonna. That's not gonna help you. Nobody's willing to bat. Nobody's wants to go to jail, and be part of a criminal conspiracy to help you out. So again, you're filing on the penalties of perjury. I think it's extremely important, and therefore you read it. Uh, years ago, uh, my grandmother was needling my uncle because you know they, my uncle, probably one of the worst business people I ever knew. Um, he. Um, you know, signed the contract to fix this pool, and guy didn't do a job, and my uncle had no recourse. And my grandmother said, well, you know, Ari reads everything, and Ari was like 14 years old <laughs> at the time. Um, I think it's important to, you know, read something carefully. Um, you know, uh, it's just, uh, there's no point in um, causing a situation by blindly uh, sending in a return, especially, you know, listen, TPAs are human. They can make mistakes. Maybe they say you don't have bond when you really do. So it's, uh, I think it's important to look at it uh, before filing it because you are uh, filing it under penalties of perjury. So, you know, that's, that's some of the, uh, the drawbacks, but, uh, you know, that's, that's what we have here. And that's what the Form 5500 is all about. And, um, you know, it can be an epic disaster. So I hope you enjoyed this short, brief episode of that 4 k podcast. Turn in next week for another episode and take care and see you next week.